Handelsbanken is a local relationship bank built on satisfied customers, financial strength and sustainable values. Find out more at handelsbanken.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Handelsbanken Insights. I'm Daniel Marnie. On this week's episode, we'll look at last week's borrowing figures and what they might mean for the budget next week. We'll also look at household and business confidence and what that suggests about the UK economy and conclude with house price forecasts and some changes that we will be announcing. And I'm delighted to be joined by James Sprawl, Handelsbank and UK's Chief Economist. So James, I mentioned there we had borrowing figures last week. I imagine they'll be very keenly looked at by the Chancellor, given that he's going to be announcing his budget next week. Um, is it good news for him? Well, thanks, Daniel. Yes, I think it basically it probably is a bit of good news, um, but I think we should also stand back a little bit and look at it in a broader perspective. So the first thing to mention is that um, in a, the public sector, the, the, we are still running a big deficit. The last time we ran a, a budget surplus was back at the, the turn of the conservative government, beginning of the, the Tony Blair, Gordon Brown government back in the, the late 90s. That's the last time we ran a surplus. And since then, it's all been deficit now. The Chancellor will be sitting there and saying, well, look at the figures that came through last week, and they were the figures for January. And as usual, those figures are looking pretty good. The reason the Chancellor, of course, is, is looking right now and, and looking at these figures, they're looking pretty good for January because the 31st of January is when you have to file your taxes by. So everybody who is particularly high-rate taxpayers and many people who are, are filing individual tax returns, they do that December, January, but they pay the money in, in January. So it's always, in any particular year, a good month for tax revenues. Now, this January, this past January, 2024, was particularly good for, for the Chancellor. So it's given him a little bit more fiscal headroom. Now, there's lots of things the Chancellor can do to also give himself some more fiscal headroom. He could, for instance, put forward a particularly tight spending round for the future, which gives him the ability to say, I will be meeting my longer-term objective of having debt to GDP falling because I'm not planning on spending money, and leave that problem to the next Chancellor, which might be him, but might be somebody else. So he could sort of spike the guns of his successor if he thinks that his successor is unlikely to be himself. That all remains to be seen. Other couple of things that are, are, are really important. One is the, the government's debt to GDP. Now, it's not as high as it was back in the Second World War, but that's a pretty, pretty you know, high uh, benchmark to, to, to set yourself against. It's a, equivalent to where it was in the mid-1960s, but at that point it was falling away quite quickly. The real question is, uh, can the government consolidate and, and put itself onto a sustainable fiscal track, um, and, and will this budget that we see next week be a part of that, or is it going to be pretty much a, a strictly a pre-electioneering budget? We'll have to see as time progresses. But as I say, for the moment, the Chancellor's got a little bit more fiscal room than he might have anticipated, and I'm certain he'll be pleased about that and um, devising ways to make the most impact out of the limited amount of money he might be able to spend. Okay, so you mentioned that, that it sounds like uh, Chancellor Hunt will have a bit more fiscal room compared to what he had at his last statement. Is there anything we should expect in terms of tax changes, for example? Well, there's been lots of debate about which tax changes are most likely. Is the government going to take some money off income tax? Is it going to substantially raise the thresholds? Is it going to do something with inheritance tax? Although the most recent rumours coming out of the various papers on, on the weekend all saying it's not going to be an inheritance tax. If I were to push what I think is the most likely, I think it's most likely to be a combination of things, but particularly focused on raising some of those thresholds because that's the sort of thing that's going to make a big difference to a lot of people. Okay, and we've got a podcast next week, so if listeners want to have more information on that, please do tune in to that specific episode. James, let's move on to some of the other figures we saw last week. 
we got GFK's household consumer confidence measure through. Uh, I think we also got some metrics on business confidence as well. What's this saying for the UK economy? Are there any encouraging signs there? Yeah, so so let's start off with the, the consumer confidence. So that's the GFK six, uh, numbers. They'd actually ticked down very slightly in February, which is pretty much a normal February thing. February is one of those really quite depressing months. It's often cold, it's often dark, it's often wet. And it doesn't often spur people to go out and spend as a result. So we saw a little bit of dampening consumer confidence as a result of that. But I don't take that as an indication of what's going on in the longer term. I think that what we're looking at right now is people's real incomes rising. Uh, and we're continuing to see that coming through. Maybe there's some, some scope for a tax cut coming through in uh, March as a result of the budget we were just discussing. All of it says that consumer confidence, which has been rising until this February figure, which as I ticked down very slightly, uh, it's likely to continue to go, to go back on, on our trail upwards. So I think consumer confidence is looking okay. What's also interesting, as you, you alluded, is we have the, the PMIs, the Purchasing Managers Indice, a measure of business confidence. Any number above 50 says business is looking to expand in the coming year. The composite, which is manufacturing and services, that's sitting at about 55. That's around its long-term average, to be honest. That's a pretty good place to be. That says business is looking at the coming year and saying we are looking for business expansion. If we look at services itself, majority of the UK economy, uh, that's sitting around the same same sort of level. Manufacturing is still below 50, so still looking for contraction over the coming year. But it's not looking for as much contraction as they were looking for before. So it's, again, an improving figure. All, all of this is, is, I think, pretty positive. We also had the Office for National Statistics Business Activity Survey coming through. And that said, looked at businesses and said, what's happening to your turnover in the last, over the past year? What's happening and what do you expect in the coming year? 15.6% of businesses last year saw an increase in turnover against 26%, which saw a decrease. So clearly not good. But that that's sort of reflective of the very shallow recession that we saw in the latter half of 2023. Looking forward, we see almost every sector of business looking for more improvements in turnover than those who are looking for some sort of turnover decrease. So I think Business is realistic about the end of 2023. was was not brilliant. wasn't you know a catastrophe, but as I say, it was a shallow recession. But they're clearly looking forward to a better time in 2024. Can you mention the UK PMIs that uh, some people listening to this podcast may notice that the PMIs in the UK are quite a bit higher than in the euro area? Should we read much into that, or is it more a reflection of how badly Germany's doing, given all the problems there? Well, it's certainly a reflection of, of Germany, the particular problems Germany's been facing, as I think we all understand. The German manufacturing dependency on low-cost Russian energy to export to China, that strategy has come under immense amounts of pressure, and nobody really thinks it's going to be coming back particularly quickly. Now, you know, the Germans are pretty innovative, and they've got a very, very good, a uh, lot of great industrial companies, and so they undoubtedly will adjust, but the adjustment's taking time, and it is problematic, and it is what's left them in a recession at the moment, and um, that has pulled their PMIs across for the Eurozone as well, given the importance of the German economy. Very interesting and something, of course, we'll be tracking over the year, see how that plays out. So, James, let's conclude on the property segment of this podcast. We've obviously seen quite a big change in house prices over the past six to nine months. But in the latest prints of both Halifax and Nationwide, uh, it seems as though prices may be bottoming out or even increasing a bit. So in light of this, what's your current thinking on house price forecast for the next year and ahead of that. Property, of course, is something we, we look at a lot. It matters immensely to the UK economy. It matters immensely to consumer confidence. And it matters immensely to, uh, to our, ourselves and our clients at the bank. So what are some of the things that we're going to look at? Well, one of them is about yields. And what kind of yields do you can you expect on property, whether that's commercial or residential? Now, 
typically residential yields are lower than commercial yields. Commercial yields are commercial property. It's very often managed by professional uh, fund managers, and therefore um, they are looking really for yield. They don't have a, a, an emotional attachment to the property in the way that many people will have to their home. And so the result is that residential yields are generally lower than commercial yields. Commercial yields just looking for return. And my people in their property can be saying, I, I will take a lower yield from this because I get to live in a nice home. And that's a pretty natural way to, to approach it all. So what's been happening? Well, what we've seen has been that the yields of property have been going up, i.e. the prices have been coming down. And what we have been trying to figure out is at what point are we going to reach some sort of new equilibrium dependent upon also what's been going on with gilt yields. And gilt yields themselves have been coming down, which means that the amount of correction that we need to see within the property market itself has also been changing. And we had been looking for as much as a 7% peak to trough nominal fall in property. We think it's probably a little bit too aggressive given that, that people are now willing to accept lower yields on their residential property. And the result of that is we think that the um, total correction from peak to trough is going to be more like 4.5%. And we're about 80% of the way through that. So there's a little bit more to go, but we're pretty much there. And we'll be looking for the property market to bottom out probably in Q2 of this year. And after that, we're probably not going to be looking for any more declines in property um, into the medium and longer term. That said, the one thing in all of this we do as part of our forecast is we are accepting that property will be giving us a bit lower yield into the medium term as well. So... That's sort of what sits behind our property forecast. That's where, where we are now. It is a revision from our previous forecast. And we'll obviously keep you posted. Continue to think about this all the time. And just to clarify, James, we're just talking about residential prices here, aren't we? Absolutely. Commercial property, clearly professional property managers, uh, a very, very different dynamic within that. They, they're more quick to correct their prices. Uh, and those prices, as I say, that the yields there do tend to be a bit higher. And we're just talking about this This 4.5% fall is, is the residential movement. And you mentioned that you've revised your forecast, so we're just, you know, projecting a four four and a half percent fall in nominal terms, peak to trough for residential house prices. Now that sounds quite small, but in real terms, we're we're talking about quite big numbers, aren't we? Absolutely. If you want to get what's actually happened, you need to add inflation back into that. So you know, if inflation's peaked at around eleven percent, really it's about a fifteen percent fall uh, in real terms that we've seen uh, for for property. So quite a bit more of adjustment than just that four and a half nominal figure would lead you to believe. Thanks very much, James, for those insights as always. And as I said earlier, next week, we're going to have a budget special on Wednesday. That'll be with James as usual. And then the following week, we'll also do a deeper dive, which will also look into the budget. So please do join us for those two episodes. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on the app where you're listening because it helps other people find us. And you may also want to share this episode on social media. We look forward to you joining us. 